This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with JVT Jonathan Von Tobel of VEASAN as we are here on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, JVT. Thanks, man. You know, it's, it's a little bit of an odd Thanksgiving for me. I'm out on the road. My wife's out in another state, too. So this is one of those Thanksgivings. It's going to be a little disjointed for me. I get to fly in and then go straight to work on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, but still, Thanksgiving, nonetheless, one of my favorite holidays is a big guy who loves food. So a happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you, too. Yes, indeed. I, uh, I like to cook as well. Do my uh, shrimp and uh, shrimp stuff melatons, the, uh, the duck and andouille gumbo, and uh, oyster dressing down in South Louisiana. So we like hey. to get after it pretty good. Hey, um, we got more and more football on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we got um, the traditional doubleheader uh, at Detroit and Dallas. And then we have a third primetime game. That's recently done. And we also have the Egg Bowl. Those cats don't like each other a whole lot uh, in Mississippi between Oxford and Starkville. But let's start off with, well, the team that's played their last game at Detroit, and that's the Buffalo Bills. How about that backdoor cover if you had the uh, Cleveland Browns? And how about if you had a voided ticket or an active ticket if you were trying to get on that under early? It did go over, uh, yeah. no doubt in that one. Buffalo's 9-54.5 on the road at Detroit. Detroit's won three in a row. Got to say, that was impressive uh, in Giant Stadium on, on Sunday. Are you looking for this bubble to burst a little bit, looking at that team total, which is 22.5 at Bet Rivers? Yeah, so I was, I was looking at different ways to kind of attack this game. My initial thought was actually looking at the Bills uh, to go in and, uh, and cover this number against the Lions secondary, which has been very poor. And while Josh Allen I had put together a much better performance against Cleveland, at least statistically. Uh, it still does worry me, Jimmy, that in the three games prior, we're still talking about nine turnover-worthy plays for Allen in the three games prior to the game in uh, uh, Ford Field against the Cleveland Browns. I just wasn't sure that I wanted to go over like a big number, like 32 and a half, and, and lay a price like that. Um, <clears throat> so the way I wanted to attack it, as opposed to team total or laying the points of Buffalo, is to look to play under this team total for the Detroit Lions. You mentioned it, right? The bubble, it's 62 points in the last two games. However, if we really evaluate the last two opponents, right, we're talking about the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. The Bears are shipping off their two best defensive players, of course, before the trade deadline, now amongst the worst defenses in the NFL. And the Giants, as we've discussed a couple times on this podcast, and it's been discussed ad nauseum, right, a team that was kind of built on a house of cards defensively right. and very poor against the run. I think now, of course, you're talking about a much better matchup here against Buffalo in that this Bills team, top 10 across the board in many defensive metrics, very good run defense, and a defense that in general is going to be able to rush for pressure Jared Goff, who has been a terrible uh, under pressure as well this season. According to PFF, 
The pressure numbers for Jared Goff under pressure, three touchdowns, four interceptions. He's committed seven turnover-worthy plays, a PFF passing grade of 44.3, and a completion percentage of 45.7%. I think, especially when we're talking about a team total of 22.5, right, just above a key-ish number of about 21, I'll play that thing under for Detroit. This is a team whose offense is built on their ground game, which I don't think is going to get there. And if they become one-dimensional, that just opens the door for this pass rush of Buffalo to get after them. So under team total 22.5 for Detroit. Under team total, 22 and a half. Uh, so Detroit, uh, again, uh, covering and uh, winning three. Four and a six, at, four and six now uh, after starting one and six. And, you know, they had their usual close calls where they kind of blow them and have some strange uh, game management decisions uh, on the sidelines. But I will tell you this. Um, I mean, it's, it's a different of approach. Um, Campbell's got a he, – he, he has them playing hard. He does have them playing yes. hard, and I can tell you this also from the people that uh, cover the Saints regularly, he was pretty respected uh, in the uh, clubhouse. Odd way to handle the media sometimes with kneecaps and all that stuff, but um, I think he's a, a pretty solid um, locker room guy, and his team uh, does play hard for him. So yeah. they, uh, it's, he, dealt, he inherited a tough situation. All right, so I don't that's, know. Did you, uh, did you see that? the story, by the way? It was uh, Brian Dable like, two weeks ago was asked about Campbell. Uh, it was when the, and he he said that uh, yeah there was a story where he interviewed him when they both played for the Dolphins I think it was uh-huh. um, and, and I guess in the meeting he, they were like here interview this guy he might be a pretty good hire and Campbell was actually doing football drills in the meeting and like flipping tables and like <laughs> slamming into the wall and Dable was like this guy's insane but he knows what he's talking about so uh, to your point he is respected but he is a character they are going to play with a little bit of a physicality as much as yep. they can so uh, but they've gotten on the right side of the uh, last couple of games, a couple of one-possession games, and then 13-point win uh, at the Meadowlands. And speaking of teams at House of Cards, you know, the Giants, the Vikings were uh, 7-0 and in one-score games. That was not a one-score game uh, last Sunday, but it was, looks like borrow time is sort of uh, what you're looking at there. Tampa Bay and Cleveland here. The Buccaneers going to Cleveland. They are road favorites at 3.5 and, and 43. Cleveland... Um, you know, just uh, tons of distractions uh, leading into the season. That's why I faded them on some win totals earlier in the year. You're looking at the Bucks team total, which is 22 and a half. Yeah, so let's let's start with Cleveland first. Um, you mentioned, you know, kind of a fade. The thing that has been surprising for me about Cleveland, and not so much surprising anymore because now we have a larger sample size of it, uh, but I thought coming into this year, Jimmy, they'd be an adequate defensive team. Right. If you looked at like their three levels, it seemed that they had at least a, a Pro Bowl ish type caliber player uh, at all three levels. I say ish because at linebacker, I thought, you know, uh, JOK would be a little bit better. But w- when you look at it overall, I thought this is going to be a respectable unit. It's not the case. Uh, this team is now second worst in EPA per play defensively, just ahead of the Detroit Lions. And we have seen it time and time again that this team has been giving up some high scores. They've been in some high scoring games because of it. And I would say, you know, don't look now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, dare I say, uh, quietly getting healthier. Although Leonard Fournette, hip injury, it actually might be a blessing in disguise to Rashad White, the rookie running back, had 100 yards on the ground over there in Munich and I think is much more explosive and can do more with the run blocking that he's going to get. Tom Brady, his best game as a passer from a PFF grading standpoint against the Seattle Seahawks in that game, a week to get ready for this. I think that this is kind of my time now where, you know, you're always looking for spots to kind of start to back teams consistently when they're buying at a market low. And I think this is it for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If Rashad White especially is going to get the start, the Cleveland Browns have been one of the lesser teams against the run as well up the middle. Talk about those EPA defensive numbers against the rush. They're the worst 
run defense in the National Football League right now. I think that all of these things put together, if we get Rashad White out there, a Tom Brady who's getting more comfortable, a team that is gaining confidence after uh, at least having a somewhat successful offensive day over in Munich against the Seattle Seahawks before they had an off week, I'm going to bet this team to go over that team total. I, I like this Cleveland Browns offense a lot, so I don't want to sit out there and lay some points. Instead, I'll take away the stress of the cover and expect that this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense and the improvement it's slowly starting to show uh, is going to come to fruition yet again. Although uh, they have not surpassed this team total. I think they only did it once so far this year. Uh, so I am <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little risky, but I think the improvement is real here for the Bucs. It's more going against Cleveland's defense because yep. uh, Cleveland's last seven opponents, six of the seven have scored over 22 and a half. So, uh, yeah, that defense is uh, far below what they uh, – has nothing to do with the quarterback and everything else, but they have given up a lot of points and a lot of yards uh, this year. So Tampa Bay at Bet Rivers right now, their team total is 22 and a half. JVT with the over. Let's go to Sunday night. Then, of course, Tampa Bay after the Munich game is on a bye, coming back fresh with some rest there. Speaking of a little extra rest, Green Bay uh, played on Thursday night, and now they play on Sunday night. They go to Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, the last undefeated team until they played Washington, lost that one, and were very fortunate to get out of Indianapolis with a 17-16 to win. Down to their last play on multiple occasions, they pull it out uh, with a late uh, touchdown score, 17-16. to Green Bay catching seven here against Philadelphia. So I've tried a couple of times throughout the year uh, for these buy-low spots for Green Bay, but I'm not sure this is so much a buy-low spot as it is a matchup spot here for the Green Bay Packers. One of the things that there is a weakness with this Philadelphia Eagles team, shockingly enough, it's their run defense, right? And they're starting to try to do something here. They lose Davis, so, of course, they're trying to fill the gaps of signing defensive tackles on the free agent market, and Dominican Sue being the big name that they go ahead and add. But I think, Jim, when you look at this, and it's an Eagles team that football outsiders ranks as 26th against the run by their DVOA metrics defensively. Uh, EPA per play, the Eagles, the third-worst team in the National Football League, just ahead of the Browns and the Chargers. What, what we know about Green Bay, and I think the consistent has been when they've looked their best, it has been behind this ground attack. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon have run the ball pretty effectively this year against some lesser front sevens. They have done it at a very high clip as well. I think when you put those things together and a full touchdown at that, I'm willing to come in here and take a full seven with the Green Bay Packers. I think their ground game is enough to stay with inside this number to exploit a weakness that the Philadelphia Eagles have. Uh, and I do think that this is going to work for them in terms of buying a little bit low and, and frankly, selling a little high on an Eagles team that has kind of shown, right? Like, they're not perfect. They have some flaws, but the market is still very high at this point. So I, when it got to the full seven, that's when I circled as well. Uh, I'll take a full seven with the Green Bay Packers. Dealing with maybe a little bit of uh, some value going against Philly, who started off seven and zero or eight and zero undefeated straight up, but five and two ATS. But they have failed to cover their last three. Now they came up yep. short on a Thursday night against Houston, lost outright against Washington, and barely won uh, against the coast. So maybe in 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 how much of that? Sure, they were playing very well, but JVT, how much of Philadelphia's eight and zero start was schedule related? Also. Oh, I think so. I think that's why the NFC is so interesting, right? Because the reason why a lot of people like my colleague Matt Eumanns or Ravisin uh, were so high on Philadelphia, it was that they're going to be a good team and they have a lot of good pieces. 
But their schedule is easy. You know, it's it's also why I bet the Giants over their win total because their schedule is the second easiest behind the Philadelphia Eagles. And both teams have taken advantage of that. But it also leads to the market maybe getting a little too high. And then when you get to some competition where the mar- the teams are actually somewhat near you in terms of right that level, then all of a sudden you start to see these numbers get a little overinflated and they don't cover some of those numbers. So I would say, yeah, like I think that's a really big deal. And even look against that Colts team. I think what the, before they lost that game to Washington, we're talking about that being, what, nine and a half or something like that? The market was super high on the Philadelphia right. Eagles and still is. So, no, I, I think a lot of what we've seen from Philadelphia is schedule-related. They're still a really good team, but it does make the NFC really interesting because they don't think they're as good as their numbers indicate, just given the fact that they've taken on some really lesser opponents. So you, you may be uh, getting not maybe not quite as much value, but there still may be some value there. And that's funny. You talk about, you know, you, you, the Giants and Philadelphia as schedule-related. And, and we don't know from year to year. We project schedules, but this is a year-to-year league. But the funny thing is the NFC East is so much better than we thought. And, and their schedule has really broken uh, very nicely uh, for both of them. All right, uh, so Green Bay plus the seven uh, at Philadelphia on Sunday night. Green Bay coming off of that mini buy. Tampa Bay coming off a, a Munich buy as they're back and trying to get uh, things going over their team total. 22 and a half right now at Bet Rivers. Six of the last seven Browns opponents have scored uh, over 22 and a half. And then Thursday, the first game to start, 1230 Eastern kickoff from Detroit. Buffalo is playing Detroit, but we're going with the team total under 22 and a half, and that's after the Lions scored a, a lot of points, but they barely had over 300 yards in that win at uh, Giant Stadium. Happy Thanksgiving, JVT. Eat, eat a lot, rest yeah. a lot, watch a lot of football. Let's get some winners. For Jonathan Von Tobel, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.